it's a real challenge to get some clarity on the direction of the economy and individual companies within that. For example, we thought there was so much demand for semiconductor chips for products that we never see those companies falter. Now Micron has warned that their earnings are going to be light and they've got too much inventory. Texas Estimates had with earnings a couple of weeks ago. The earnings look good, but the question is, what's the future? They're a big global company, and the person who has that answer is the chief financial officer, Rafael Lazardi, who joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Good to be here, David. Thank you. So I, tell me about your crystal ball. I mean, what do you see globally right now? You know, we, um, uh, we we came in well in the quarter, um, you know, slightly above our, our, our midpoint, but, you know, we guided to a number that uh, uh, that was weak. And, in fact, even the, the, the third quarter, the regional guide, uh, that original midpoint reflected some weakness. Uh, but that is um, expected just given uh, uh, the personal electronics market has been running really, really hot for the last uh, couple of years. So that was already showing some signs of weakness. And then the industrial uh, market, which is, uh, you know, what we talked about uh, on the call that was kind of new, that is starting to show uh, some sign of, uh, of weakness. But that is also normal in the semiconductor space. As you know, we go through cycles, sure. almost regardless of the economy and customers build inventory, drain inventory. So we go through those and what we like to focus more is on the longer term, right? You got to deal with the cycles, but our confidence of the longer term growth of semiconductors with so much um uh, semiconductors going into uh, electronics of auto, industrial, everything. We're we're highly, highly confident where where things will go over the long term. We'll just deal with the short term fluctuations. So you have you have a lot of uh, a lot of construction going on. You just ramped up, you know the uh, the fab plant in Richardson that that you added onto and built new. I know you've got construction planned for for Sherman. Any of those plans on hold because of this? No, no, no. There, we're a hundred percent on those plans. So RFAP two, that's the Richardson factory, the second one, uh, that just went into production. Um, that just went into production last month, and uh, we um, then we acquire a factory in, in Utah, in Lehigh, Utah, right. near Salt Lake City. That one is about to go into production, and and that's just the beginning, right? We're going to increase, uh, continue to deploy equipment to ramp up that production. And then, as you pointed out, um, we uh, broke ground in Sherman a few months ago, uh, and uh, we plan to be in production there in 2025. We're going to have four factories there, so it's going to be a mega site. And again, that is all to drive the uh, to the long-term growth uh, of the company, so well beyond whatever cycle we have over the next few quarters. It's hard to conceive of of the world using less semiconductors than they do now. I mean, it's the, the, the demand just seems insatiable. But again, the economy is the thing you have to think about. You all are a, a world factor. You do business all over the world. You're a major global force. I saw a quote the other day from the head of the International Energy Agency who said he thought we're, the world was facing its first truly global energy crisis, not so much for the U.S., but Africa, Asia, Latin America. That's the kind of thing that can that, that can at least slow down business for a while, isn't it? Yeah, so a couple angles of them. One, clearly, the uh, a, a bad economy, a weak economy, would affect us. It would affect everybody, right? So we're not immune to that, and and we do take you know that into account. But uh, uh, but a you know eventually the sun comes out right on the other side, uh, and b you know you just talked about energy, right? So. Any concerns that there with energy over the long term, that's actually an opportunity for us. 
because anytime uh, you want to save energy and shift to uh, more uh, uh, solar power and wind power and uh, all those shifts that are happening now and will continue to happen for decades, all of that depends on our product. So that's just over the long term, that just means more demand for our product. You, you see, you, you've got to be in a hiring mode. I mean, on, on an ongoing basis, ramping up Richardson, Utah, an existing facility that I know that you're expanding and then and then also building up in Sherman. Are you having trouble finding people? So we are, uh, we're hiring. We have been hiring. In fact, we never stopped hiring. When the pandemic began, we kept on hiring. So we follow a very steady approach when it comes to hiring and we get really good results on that. That way we're not stopping and, and starting, you know, which uh, uh, brings, uh, you know, bad trends uh, on multiple fronts. Um, and, you know, we have our attrition just, just like anybody else. And we've been able to, uh, to manage that uh, uh, really well. We have access to great universities and great uh, community colleges and technical programs uh, across Texas and really across the country and across the world, because we have many, uh, you know, our R and D's primarily in the United States, but we also have, you know, their places. So we have uh, access to some of the best talent around the world. And I, I would guess it comes down to retaining that talent, too, because everybody else seems to be hiring. My gosh, Austin sounds like uh, they're going to be needing an awful lot of people down there. Yeah, and, you know, we're fortunate that we're in Texas where uh, this great economy keeps attracting people. You know, we, we do need to, you know, as a country and as a state, we need to do a better job educating our, our people. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a broader problem than, right. than just uh, Texas Instruments. But it does it does affect us too, right? Something uh, to be concerned about. But we, you know, within that context, we have access to uh, to great people and continue continue to hire. As you pointed out, uh, with the construction of all those factories, we we need more engineers, more technicians, uh, more direct labor, uh, more of everything. Frankly, let, let me ask you one other thing because I'm sure the analysts were asking about this. We've been talking, you and I've been talking about this for a year. But there was this sort of ongoing concern that all your customers were double ordering. They were ordering from you, and they were ordering for your competitors, and whoever could fill the order first. Then they'd turn around and cancel the other one, and that you'd be stuck with a lot of inventories. It's always bothered me, because if you know that, and I know that, and the analysts know that, but it can't be that much of a surprise. Do you really get stuck with that much inventory if people are double ordering? So, you know, our sense is uh, double orders have always happened and will will continue to happen. It's just the nature of the beast during this cycle. Yeah. Uh, the advantage that we have is the vast majority of the parts that we sell are what we call catalog. That means that they sell to 20 or 30 different customers. It also means that the parts last decades in the product life cycle. So if I don't sell it, I don't get stuck with inventory, right? It's just delayed. I just have a delayed sale. So instead of selling it next quarter or even next year, I'll just sell it in the future. Obviously, that's not ideal, uh, but it's uh, but it's a relatively low cost of carrying that inventory versus the potential upside that I get by having the inventory on hand and being able to meet demand. So that's why we we err on the side of having more inventory. In fact, I talked about that on the call yesterday that we want to continue building inventory, continue adding capacity. So we're in that great position to. Uh, to meet and gain a share in the future. So the analysts can find something else to worry about. Let them go with that. That's right. They can worry about something else. (laughs) Rafael Lazardi is Chief Financial Officer of Texas Instruments. We always enjoy our conversation. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.